welcome, welcome to the first, very first episode of Cut the Curve, number one, where I interview moguls, mentors, and entrepreneurs so you guys could cut the curve, literally, and thousands of hours we've dedicated to our professions. And today is my first guest, Mr. Brent Daniels of TTP. So happy to have you here, Thank Brent. you. Thank you. I think that this is incredible. Uh, premise for a podcast, you know, I always think about it, Flip, I always think about modeling, right? If somebody's already done something, why not just model what they've already done, right? 100%. So let's break this thing down and, uh, and let everybody know, um, I guess, my story and then whatever other questions you have. Yeah, yeah. So as Brent, I'm a big networker. I've been in the Valley 23 years fixing and flipping and Brent and I ran into each other years ago at yeah, an event I had a long time ago. Long time ago. Years ago yeah. yeah, so probably 10 years yeah. ago. And yep. we met and we stayed in contact, and now he's here. So, yeah, I want to hear like when you started. And yeah. I know we never really talked about that as far as your real estate ventures. Sure. So, my focus has been real estate, right? Um, at 21 years old, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that really put me on a really nice path because, you know, when you're 18 to 22 to 25, you're kind of figuring things out. You know what I mean? You're kind of becoming an adult. It's like that transition when you're like 12, 13, where all of a sudden you're not playing with your action figures anymore. You're starting to get into more cool things and, and, and hanging out with cool people and doing cool stuff. And, and maybe you're learning a sport or maybe you're learning an instrument or maybe you're just, you know, learning about girls or boys or whatever it is, right, you right. have that transition when you're younger. And I think you have that second transition when you're that 18 to 25 and it's a real impressionable age where you're trying to figure out, you know, how do I become an adult? And at that time I found Rich Dad, Poor Dad and that, that uh, led me down the path of getting a real estate license uh, while I was in finishing up college and then jumping into the real estate world as a real estate agent in 2004 when I was 22. And then from there, it was always in my head. It was always in my head. I want to be an investor. I want to own these properties. I want to, you know, I was reading all the books and I got the Robert Allen books, right? Oh, yeah, the old yeah. school. And I got all the Robert Kiyosaki books and all the tapes and all these things. And I was so excited to be an investor, but I really didn't know how, right? I didn't, you know, I thought you had to have a lot of money. I thought that you had to have a lot of connections or have somebody that, um, that could really show you the ropes. And I never, it took me a long time to find that person. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. We didn't have podcasts. We didn't have so podcasts. We didn't have we didn't YouTube. Have Instagram, we have, YouTube. We didn't have all this access of, of really unbelievable information and instruction. So you, I fell into the, into the world of being a real estate agent for a long time. Uh, so a the, typical real estate agent? Just you know. helping people buy and sell houses, right? And it was in a high, high uh, peak of the market, 2004, 5, 6. And then I thought I was a genius because, you know, when you're 22 or 23 years old and you make six <laughs> figures or more, I mean, you're basically a millionaire. hundred percent. Right? And I think everyone was a genius back right. in that time. Selling, yeah, everybody's a like, genius in good markets, right? Yes. So, you know, it was, uh, I, I, I was like, okay, I'm going to go pie in the sky. I'm going to be a big thinker. I'm going to open up a big real estate brokerage. I'm going to rival the Keller Williams and the Remaxes of the world. And I'm going to start by opening up a 9,000 square foot office space in, in Scottsdale Air Park. Right? Interesting. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So I signed a lease for 10 years with a personal Damn. guarantee. 
right? I'm 25 <laughs> and a half years old at the time. I signed this, uh, this lease, uh, and uh, that was January of 2008. And by October of 2008, the economic world melted. Uh, the funny thing, the interesting thing that I learned, big learning lesson here for everybody is if you sign a personal guarantee and you don't pay them, they actually sue you. <laughs> They're very true. So yes, they, yes. They the sued, banks have a way to do that. They sued me. Uh, they took whatever money that I had and um, they, I had to do every 90 days. I had to go in and do, uh, show them what, what, what uh, income I had made, what money I had in the bank and... Um, I lost all the business credit cards, right? I lost the, the, the Mercedes and the Range Rover and the and five like, houses yes. and the whole thing. I had the worst credit score. I had such a bad credit score flip that they wouldn't let me have a checking account at Wells Fargo, Bank of America, or Chase Bank. Yeah. I, I, had to, I had to find an online bank that I had to send $500 into them, and then they would give me a checking account to just be able to use debit. I mean, it was embarrassing. I'm there. Yeah. I'm, I'm like almost 30 years old. I have to buy everything with cash because I couldn't even have a debit card. You Man. know what I mean? Yeah. Let alone a yeah. credit card, let alone anything else. So really, really, really rough time. Got a divorce. Um, married my uh, college sweetheart. Got a divorce during that time. So it was very Was turbulent. that around eight, 2008? 2008, okay. 9, and then 10. Because my divorce happened that right around that it's same amazing time. How that I mean, the, it's amazing how that yes. happened. That but, was hard times, for and, sure. And the reason I say this is not so that people watching this or listening to this like can relate to the tough parts, because that's that's true. I owed, you know, if you if you're just broke right now, I was broke minus a seven hundred forty-two thousand dollar judgment. It's it, and it's not necessarily to inspire you to do it. it. It's to give some like like a cautionary tale. Sure. And I think the cautionary tale is to stay very 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 lean with your expenses. Be around the most incredible people that really take home a lot of money. Yes. Right? Yep. 100%. And that's what I, that was the big mistake that I had as a young man was everybody was uh, fake millionaires. And I wanted to keep up with that because it was almost like an identity. Like I was successful if I had those. And I feel like that's a very young person's game to play. And it bites a lot of people in the ass. And I just want them to avoid it and just stay humble with it. Take money home and just like I, build up this wealth. I right? think that's great advice. Yeah, because all of a sudden you're working, what, maybe in the bar or something during college, the weight room. Yeah. You're not, you're not making anything. Then all of a sudden you hit six figures. It's going out as quick as you're making. Yeah. I did that too. Yeah. It's, and you're like, <laughs> taxes? What are even taxes? You know, what's that about? And then you go through all that stuff. And then, and then uh, just losing houses and relationships and everything that you think that you built your life up to and you think it's the end of the world. It's really not. It's not. It's really not. Now, were you always entrepreneurial? Were you that guy growing I, up? I feel like yes. Um, I think that one, just the way that I was like, just the chemicals in my brain, the way that they work, I really have a problem with authority. Like I always question the rules. Like, why is that a rule? Uh -huh. Like who made that rule <laughs> and what's the purpose of that rule? You know what I mean? I always think about those things. And, um, the, the other thing was my, I, I had a deal with my dad and my dad and my mom, but mostly my dad was like, listen, you have two choices, right? You can get a job or you can play sports, okay? But you're not, you're not coming home after school, right? I don't know if they just wanted me out of the house because I was like a lot of energy or if they just wanted me to just commit to something. 
And so I played year-round sports, and uh, it, 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 it made me uh, understand a lot about teamwork and discipline. And that, that combined with my, my whole, wait, you want me to be where at what time as an adult? Like, I'm not going to do that. Like, right, I've right. never had a job in my life. I've literally never had a job. It sounds like you were very self-motivated for, for your sure. training in, in sports. Yep. So that translated over to your, your business success. Mm -hmm. Can you, one of the questions I've always wondered, can you teach motivation, Brent, like to people? Well, it's really interesting that, yes, um, I, I don't think you can teach anything that people don't want to learn. Uh -huh. So I think there's some people that just don't want to learn. I, it, it is, we live in this world, Flip, and uh, of, of uh, self-education, right? Like the whole thing about like traditional education will get you a great career, right? But self-education will make you wealthy. 100%. You know what yep, I mean? Yep. And so we live in this world where we're reading the books, we're going to the, the meetups, we're finding like-minded people. That's not most people. And it shocks me every time, Flip. It does. <laughs> that 75% of people have less than $500 in their savings account? Interesting. That's crazy. Interesting. I can't 68% imagine 68% of yeah. people are living month to month? I mean, it's just... And I think what it is, is people just don't understand that, that the self-education is where you really, really understand how to provide value to the marketplace. Because the income that we make is equal to the amount of value we provide. That's the equation. So we can't provide value to the marketplace if we're sitting at home watching Netflix or scrolling or doing this type of yes. thing, right? Yep. We have to be out there. We have to find some way to serve our community. And the more we do that, the more money we make. The more money we make, the more that we can buy assets. And then when you buy assets, that's how you build the wealth. Hey guys, quick announcement. I just launched my new Passive Income Accelerator course. In this course, you'll learn how I built my Airbnb portfolio to 10 properties and growing while amassing three to $5,000 per property per month. If you wanna learn more, go to piaaccelerator.com slash go and sign up for the early bird special. And now back to the podcast. Yeah. Just like you're doing with your, all your Airbnbs. Airbnbs going great, but mentorship mm -hmm. I found in my life to be the best thing ever. Listen, you're going to pay either way. If you have a dream, you're going to pay either with money to cut the curve or you're going to pay with time. Especially now. Yes. And a lot yeah. of people want to go, you know what? I'm going to pay with time. I'm going to sit on YouTube and I'm going to sit or listen to the podcast and I'm going to, I'm going to be doing this for a long time and I'm going to figure this all out. You can figure it all out for free. No doubt about it. It'll take you three to seven years longer. Guaranteed. Yep. Or you can pay with money, cut the curve and take all those losses that your mentor has had. The mentor. I've had a lot of losses. losses. I'm sure you have in our you know, 20 yeah. plus years of doing this. And it's all the losses that the mentor had. It's all the losses that everybody in that, in, in the coaching program or community or meetup group or accountability group or mastermind have been through. You know, those are the things that I, oh, I, I always found appealing yep. because I yep. want it now. I want it now. I want to skip. I, I want to know what you did, what, where, where, where the potholes are, and I want to so sprint. How do you avoid those potholes? That's it. By working with, like Jerry was my mentor. He retired at 50. I'm like, I want to do that. Right. That, that's amazing. How did you do that? So he mentored me up and 
Now I mentor people, you mentor people, yeah. but I, we didn't have the YouTubes like you talked about, Instagram, so I literally had to come up with a plan. I need a mentor to help me get to where they've been, and it worked. You know? Yeah, that's it. I mean, and listen, you know, and I'm not just saying everybody needs a coach and everybody does that. I always did, but whatever. Everybody's different, right? But you can have indirect mentors through books. You can have indirect mentors. That was my first mentor, the book. Right. I would be at Barnes and Noble just by myself finding books. I to read, read so many books for free because I just read them at Barnes and Noble. <laughs> Seriously. We sound alike. I was there too all the time. I'd be reading like, through them. I would be like, oh my gosh, what a great idea. I'd write it on the notes and like that was free. Now we have free podcasts and everything else on YouTube. So it's just, it's incredible. There's really no excuses to not follow a path of success. It just depends on if people have the courage to be able to do it. Right, right. And my idea is success. And my mentor always told me this, stay consistent, get something yeah. you're good at and keep doing it over and over. And you can tweak it, of course. Yeah. So what is it with consistency when what is that like once they get past that certain milestone or how, how do you equate with your programs with, with success? Yeah. Um, well, it just depends. I mean, there's, there, there's definitely milestones. I think the ultimate success is control, control over the time we have left on this planet. You know what I mean? Control doing the stuff and being around the people that energize us, give us positivity, give us optimism, make us feel good so that we're not, you know, constantly having to do things that we don't want to do or that's wildly frustrating. Right. And, and when you can guard your energy uh, because you do the things that you, excite you and energize you, that is success in my mind. Yeah. Right. The yeah. control of your schedule and guarding your energy. Because people talk about time management and then they go, no, 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 no. It's not time management. It's priority management. And then, they, then it's like, no, 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 no. It's not priority management. It is uh, energy management. That's what it is. And I really think if we want to go four layers deep with this flip, I think it's attention management. Mm. Attention is the most valuable resource. It's not I like time. That. I like that. It's not time. Like it's that. where do you put your attention? Focus. It's called, right. yeah, the attention focus. So there's this, I don't know if you've heard of RAS, reticular activating yeah. system in the brain. Yeah. So say you want a Mercedes, all of a sudden you see the Mercedes mm -hmm. all over. So that's the power of focus, like you just said. That's it. So that that's super cool. So you were the realtor. Yeah. Real lost estate market went crash 08, yep. 09. Like we all lost it. If, yep. you know. So how did you end up like... Did you stay in real estate? Or yeah, did you I did. I, I scratched and clawed. I had the opportunity. Uh, Dustin, okay, who who introduced who us? Introduced us. Um, he had a role with a company, a Remax brokerage, and they were selling a lot of the REOs, the the bank owned properties. And they needed somebody to take the thousands of sign calls that ah. people were calling on the sign to get more information. And I would have to convert them. Now, now Flip, this is back in the day where, where Phoenix went down to where these properties are like forty, fifty, sixty thousand, a hundred thousand dollars. So the commissions on these things are nothing. So I'm running around town everywhere. My dad gave me his, uh, an old, uh, an old uh, Lexus ES 300 that was like sand colored. You know, it was like the most unsexy car of all time. And I'm driving around and I'm just trying to get deals done and uh, was able to scratch and claw and get back out of it. And then, um, and then I discovered that um, you could just go out and door knock 
it's not a huge discovery, but you could just door knock in areas where investors wanted to buy and see if people wanted to sell those properties and then sell it to the investors. And that was the first kind of thread that I pulled uh -huh. to understand what wholesaling real estate was because I found an off-market property. I sold it to, uh, actually I actually found three off-market properties. I sold it to this investor and uh, he sold it again for $92,000 on top of what I brought it to him for. And I was like, what is happening? How, your name's not on the closing. Like uh -huh. I'm getting my commission, that's cool, but you're not on the closing, who's the buyer? And he goes, oh, it's a buddy of mine. And I was like, you, what, you ran out of funds? Like, you're super rich. What are, what are you talking about? And he's like, no, 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 I sold it. And I was like, what do you mean you sold it? How do you sell a house you don't own? He goes, no, I sold the paper. And I was like, what paper? He's like, the contract. I said, the contract that I got signed? And he goes, yeah. You sold the contract? And he goes, yeah, it's called wholesaling. And I was like, the lights went on. And then from there, I've done, I don't know. Tens of millions of dollars in wholesale deals. Yeah. 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 That, you know, that's an interesting story, Brent, that you actually stuck to it yeah. with the recession because most people either they end up going into a different field or a different direction. So, yeah. you know, was there something that made you stay? Because I know for myself, there was only one thing I knew and it was real estate. That's why I stayed in it through the recession. Honestly, Flip, I'm, I honestly thought that I was unemployable. Yep. Um, I was, I was even scared. It was like to the point where like, I'm going to have to apply for jobs, but they're going to check my credit. Right. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't know that they check your credit for some jobs. Right. So it's like, I have the worst credit ever. I have this huge judgment. I'm going to be so embarrassed that the first time that I talk to their HR department at some company, they're going to be like, Oh, this is this law firm that's going to come in and take part of my paycheck every single month. I was frightened. I was like, you know what? I'm going to just stick to this thing. I'm going to stay focused. I'm going to do what I can. And it started with door knocking. And then, um, I, I door knocked one house and the lady didn't want to sell but she gave me the name and phone number for her neighbor that had a vacant house that she was the caretaker. And I called up the woman, she was in New York and um, she wanted to sell. And I was like, all I need is a name, address, phone number of properties that are in rough shape and I can make a fortune, right? And that's what I did. Were you nervous going up to that door and like- I Always. Don't know what you, yeah. <laughs> but you know what, I knocked on 15,000 doors. Like I, that was, you know, because the REOs, that it was fine. I was doing the sign calls, but those were starting to slow down uh -huh. and starting to go away. So I knew I needed to transition. So I transitioned to just go out and door knock for three, four hours a day. I was very tan. Yeah. If relatively. <laughs> relatively tan. Relatively uh -huh. tan. And, uh, and I sweat and I knocked and it was a lot of rejection and a lot of dogs and a lot of crying babies. But... Uh, I made it happen and then learned that all I needed was the phone number. And then I was able to just go around and drive in the neighborhoods in air conditioning and, uh, and get the phone and, and get the addresses and then get the phone numbers later, do research, get the phone numbers later, call them up and see if they would consider an offer. And that's how TTP was invented. And TTP stands for talk to people. And that's really the foundation of building a successful, any business, but especially a real estate entrepreneur um, business, a uh, real estate investing business, is you have to talk to people all the time. Lots of people. Lots right? of people. Lots of people. And, and again, it goes to the attention. How do you get the attention of motivated property owners? 
Well, you can either send them something that they call you, or you build a website and they call you, uh, or a billboard or whatever else, which is called marketing, which, oh, by the way, is very expensive. So when you're starting out, you might not have that budget. Um, you can get referrals by letting everybody know what you do and they send you these opportunities, but that takes a long time to build a reputation where you can be proactive and go out and actually talk to the property owners and see if they want to consider an offer by either door knocking or, or, um, or calling them. That's amazing. So, so did you have some of that? That's how you get attention. I know the lights went on when that first individual wholesale that deal. Did you have someone that you would that would mentor you like that would hold you accountable like hey brent yeah you're gonna make 50 calls yeah. today or whatever like uh no i i had a i had a big motor you know there, uh -huh. there's season in life there's seasons in life and i was in my hustle season okay like i was unstoppable like nine to noon i was going for it i was gonna call all the ugly houses throughout the whole marketplace no matter what no matter i was gonna up, go cuss you out you're like i don't I'm care gonna... no it didn't listen i'm seven hundred forty two thousand dollars in debt like i need to do something i need to keep my head above water and oh by the way in 2011 my son's born 2011 yeah and I was like, holy cow, like that changes everything. For sure. And then yeah. it's like, so 2012, I got really got into wholesaling and going. And then by 2016, uh, the podcasts were starting to come out. And I listened to Tom Kroll. He was a wholesaler out of Port St. Lucie, Florida. And he just resonated with me. And I already knew what wholesaling was. And I was already doing wholesaling. But I wanted to be around this person. So I was like, I'm going to sign up for his coaching. And I'm going to bug the shit out of him until yeah. uh, he's my best friend. <laughs> and it happened. And it just, I, I went in and I served in his community, in yep. his Facebook group. And I was telling everybody at the time that you could only get deals from like direct mail or you know, bandit signs or stuff like that. And I told everybody to pick up the phone and call him. And it just exploded. And he's like, hey, you want to be a coach? And that was 2017. And I took that ball flip and I was ready for it. That's I it. was ready for it. And then before that, just to, I settled that lawsuit for like 60 grand, which was, which was just a blessing to get that off, yeah. off my shoulders. Because you can't own real estate if you have a judgment. Right, you have to right. pay off those judgments yep. before you can own real estate. So I couldn't even own real estate. So I, I as a real estate investor, had to hit reset until uh, 2016, right? So it was like, um, yeah, getting that off off my plate was just huge, and that was on my plate for six years. That judgment was on for six years. So and you it's were a lot. you were already killing it. Let's face it, you were doing really well on your own. But then Tom resonated. What was yeah. it that you thought you could get from like his programs and stuff like oh um he's just no non it, it's just a vibe it's just a gut feeling when you when you when you hear a mentor that you really want to or a coach that you really want to be around for sure and yep. you'll do anything to be in their world yep and that's that's how i felt he just had a great energy he was completely naive flip i mean i forgot more about real estate than he has ever known <laughs> For real. Dang, and he dang. was still making quadruple <laughs> the amount because he was like, you don't need to know about real estate to, to do this business. Uh -huh. You need to understand about people and situations and how to go out there and serve. 
And so it was a total different flip for the me. The mindset totally was, a, perspective. was changed in yeah. the perspective. Yeah. That's why I started the podcast because I want to help people. Like yeah. there's so many people that are looking for opportunities. And, you know, your example is one of a lot of guys that have created, you didn't have anything. And now, you know, you have a big group and organization yep. that follow you. So yes. it's a, you know, blessing to have you here as the first podcast, uh, it's an honor. It's an honor. It's yes. 10 years in the making. <laughs> 10 years, brother. Dang. Yeah. yeah. So um, real estate, where where is that going in your thoughts, yeah. Brent? Because I know the appreciation around the country has been crazy. Sure. And we're just, you know, Arizona's 24%, I think, last year appreciation. Yeah. And some crazy numbers. So where, where yeah, do you see Yeah, if you look and... On my YouTube channel, I always pull up this graphic and it shows the amount of houses built every decade. And typically it's above 25 million houses. Well, between 10, uh, 2010 and 2019, after the economic crash, only uh, less than 6 million were built. So not only do we have a lack of inventory, we also have 30 million more people that live in this country than there was in 2010. Interesting. And then okay. in 2020... We got hit with a pandemic. So all the building came to like a halt and it just slowly trickled out. So I think we have a supply and demand issue. I think we have a huge inflation issue uh, and that'll work itself out. I think it, I truly think it will. And um, I just know that buying good homes and good school districts is always going to be good. Yeah. I think buying class A properties in really in, in the Sunbelt states is really smart. And I think that... Um, you know, making sure that you have enough money set aside for at least a year or two to survive with your business and your uh, personal expenses uh, that's really is always going to be That's a key. really big one. You really touched that on that earlier, like on your first few deals, throw it back into the business. Yeah, I think first what you do is you start with just doing your first deal. And then you do enough to do this business full time or whatever business it is. Right. You do it full time. Right? If you can go full time in this and you're not doing all these other side things and you're not having to get income from other things, then you can really focus. And then you can really make the money come in because all of your efforts are laser focused, like Love the it. whole magnifying glass analogy, yeah. right? You move it around like this, nothing happens, you hold in, a fire starts, right? So it's the same thing in business. And once that fire starts, you take that money, that fire, and you pay off your consumer debts, right? Yep. January through October, Flip, is, is, uh, is uh, the average person in America pays taxes and interest. That means only two months of expendable income, right? Okay. That's bananas. <laughs> Stop being other people's ROI. Stop being it with all this, like, with car payments, student loans, credit card payments, these consumer loans. Get rid of them. Right? Then you're going to feel like you're back in like junior high before you had any cares in the world, you know, before you had responsibilities. You're feeling light. You know what I mean? You're not feeling all stressed and pulling down and anxious by all these other things. And then from there, you can start investing into assets. And then at some point, those assets, like you're dealing, like you're going through right now with all the in income that you're coming, uh, that you're getting from your Airbnbs, um, then all of a sudden, your money makes baby money. Right, your, your investments yep. and all those things are paying for your lifestyle. It's not earned. It, that's it's, it's been a blessing. Asset yeah. coming. I mean, yeah. it's income coming from investments, 
And when you can get income coming from investments and not have to get earned income, that's called being wealthy. Not rich, wealthy. Yes, yes. And it's it's been great. And, you know, with Airbnb, Brent will definitely talk more because I, I'm very passionate about it. Sure. Two years in the game. I quit flipping after 20 years of flipping because... It's literally your name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so the... But when I saw it, I was like, I got to do this. And yeah. test one, and then I test another and test another. So it's been exciting. So... With wholesaling, that, you know, a lot of people that hit me up, they want to get into it because, let's face it, you're 23, whatever, maybe you want to do it part-time, they don't have money saved up right. yet. I right. feel like that's a great way to enter the game of real estate. I think it's the best way. Uh-huh. I think it's the best way because once you, all wholesaling, all wholesaling is is finding discount properties. That's all it is. It's uh-huh. just sourcing deals. So if you learn how to build a machine... First build yourself and then build a machine and an actual company to source deals. Then you get the best deals for if you want to flip, if you want to buy and hold yes, those things, for if sure. you want to do a burr strategy, if you want to renovate a house that you're going to live in for, you know what I mean? Right, like right. you find the best deals. That's, and then the, you can that's pick step it. one. You can cherry pick it. And I always had that strategy too. My thing was let's lock the deal up, get the deal. Just like you said, I could flip it, I could wholesale it, yeah. I could rent it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's really key. So is it becoming harder to wholesale now in this market? Is there still deals to be wholesaled out there? Absolutely. Okay. Bear deals. I mean, people are spending a lot more right now. There's more cash buyers. If you throw in hedge funds, if you throw in some of these REITs, if you throw in, you know, just the regular people that are wanting to do Airbnbs or do uh, flips for the first time, whatever it is, you know, there's always... Unless the cash buyers run out, and until we live in a utopia where every single house is perfect, uh, then there will always be opportunities to find discounted properties. Yeah, yeah. And, and the great thing is with Airbnbs, my margins aren't needing to be as no. deep as yeah. when I'm flipping. So, We're selling it to people at retail or bu- above, and they're still putting 100 grand on top of that into these properties because the cash flow makes sense. Yeah, that's amazing. And so, then you got high, high uh, income earners that need depreciation for tax write-off. So people are paying for like crazy. And it still makes sense. It's not like it's uh, back in the day when people were buying with no credit and no nothing down and right, everything like right. that. They're still getting loans that they have to earn. Um, but yeah, they're paying more for it. So it's a phenomenal time. I don't think there's ever a time where sourcing discounted properties is gonna go out of style. 100%. So let's say you have someone that wants to do wholesaling full time. Yeah. I know you're passionate. You've been doing this a long time. However, they have other responsibilities. They have school, maybe. Like, wh- where do you guide them and like let them know? Like, because, you know, focus, direction, that sure. it takes a while to build your first deal. Once yeah. you hit your first deal, guess what? More deals come. It's just by nature. So. Yeah, well, first you have to understand it is going to be scary. It's going to be scary and it should be scary because if you already knew what to do, you'd already be doing it and then you would already be in the place you want to be. Yeah. But if you want to be somewhere else, you have to try things that you've never done and trying things that you've never done is intimidating. It is scary. I want to be in that side of the pool. So now I got to learn some special swimming type, whatever. So it's, it was scary, hundred percent. Right? It's with anything. 
So if you want to do something, uh, you have to change. So you have to go into it and you have to understand it's going to be scary. Change is scary. So, but it's just putting in the time and the reps. And Love the that. secret to all the of this, yeah. the secret to all of this is have a squad, have people surrounding you, have a community, have people that are going to cheerlead you and support you and know what you're doing. You have to, because if you don't, you're going to be out there on an island by yourself. And if you're on an island by yourself, you're going to think too much. And when you think too much, you're going to be idle and idle hands do the devil's work. That's the saying, right? Yeah. So, yeah. and then you won't do anything. You just, you, you will end up not doing anything. So when people are feeling that like punch to the gut, you know, where you feel like you're going to barf or you feel like you're uncomfortable, you feel like you're getting flushed, that's when you know you're doing the right thing. Hey guys, quick announcement. I just launched my new Passive Income Accelerator course. In this course, you'll learn how I built my Airbnb portfolio to 10 properties and growing while amassing three to $5,000 per property per month. If you wanna learn more, go to piaaccelerator.com slash go and sign up for the early bird special. And now back to the podcast. That's yeah. when you know you're on the right path. I think we've all felt that. And it's like someone around you to pick you up or just like, yeah. hey, Flip, you can do this. Like, yeah. Keep trucking. Like, but I mean, that's it. You find it. You find people that will support you. You find something that scares the hell out of you. and But you want to change and be somebody that you're not currently. And you go for it. Yeah. Yeah. And we live in America where you're able to go for it. Yeah. If you want it, it's out there. But again, you have to... Stay consistent. That's it. The reps, like in the gym. So, so consistency, and I would add one other word flip, and that is sustainable. Love it. You have to take sustainable action. Yep. It has to fit into your life. Because if you're white knuckling it all the time and you've got all these responsibilities, maybe you're catching this later in life or maybe you've got kids or you've got a sick parent right, or you've right. got, you know, so, something that you're, you've got a really demanding job that you have to do. Um, then you have it has to be sustainable. So maybe that's just making one call to an ugly house a day. Uh huh. Maybe it's making twenty minutes of calls to an ugly house a day. Maybe it's you know what I mean. Maybe it's just building the momentum so that there's a, some sustainability yeah, and in don't that. Don't leave the spot before taking some action if this is really what you want to do. That's right. I would write my all right. I need five calls today. Whatever to but I would. Do I would write it to make sure I did it. That's right. And I would say for anybody new, for the first 12 months, for the first 12 months minimum, maybe, I like 36 months, but I'm going to say 12 months because people uh, get so successful quick that they like start uh, getting shiny object. Just focus on going after ugly houses, selling them to other investors, and getting big checks. We have yes. a saying, ugly houses, big checks Love for the first 12 months. Yeah. Build up your, build up your momentum, get the wind behind your back, get a big, healthy, heavy bank account, open up your LLC, open up your business accounts, file your taxes, understand what it means to really be a business person, and then start expanding into the fix and flips, the Airbnbs, the Burr strategy, development, lending money, uh, sub two, so building your portfolio. There's 18 million different ways to do real estate. And if you try to focus on all of them or try to bring them all under one umbrella of, of what your, your company is or who you are, you will take two steps forward, three steps back.
Yeah. Two, four, three yep. back. Two back. And I'm telling you, it, you, you end up going backwards if you do that. And if you just focus on, on um, serving distressed property owners and helping that them, uh, matching them up with great other real estate investors that are, that are um, buying these properties cash, you win. And you'll win big time and, and you'll stay focused. I think some people don't think it's sexy, but to me, the learning is very important yeah. to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. And then you could always change within the real estate, but just get good at that simple thing of doing it over and over. And that, that's the problem. People get bored. Okay. People get bored just doing the same thing over and over and yes. over, even if it's making them more rich. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would got to be comfortable with the repetitious boredom. You do. Yeah. You do. And, you know, people want to pull me to land, to developing, to doing luxury. I'm like, I just spent two years when I first started. Let me just get good at these bread and butter homes, mm -hmm. keep doing it. Yeah. And then eventually I did other things. In yeah, because we all have dreams of building a skyscraper yep. or doing something crazy like that when we're starting out and owning. 4,000 apartments and all these other things. You know what I mean? We all have that. But if you, if, you, if you don't focus on the fundamentals in the beginning, one, it's going to take you a whole lot longer to build that up. And two, you will build that up and it will be a nightmare. A nightmare because it won't be done right and you won't have the right people in place because you just kind of forced it through to do it. Learned it from trying to force things that just backfires oh on you, bro. I'm sure you did oh too with gosh. your personality. You're For like, sure. I could run through that. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like That's falling, it. beat your head against yeah. the wall. It took, me a long, it took me a long time. And I'm not saying this just as advice of like theory. Like this is, I know this. Right. Like, from being through focus. it. Yeah. Just focus. Yeah. yeah. So um, there was a question I was going to ask you on your programs now so are yeah. you in all different markets right now I'm nationwide okay uh coach my ttp uh students nationwide on uh who to talk to what to say and how to be efficient so you have scripts and oh yeah tons i, of I know exactly who to go after in each market we know exactly what to say we know how to get in contact with them and then it, from there it's building the consistency the confidence and the skills of having quality conversations with distressed property owners. And then from there, we take people that are starting out and then we show them, okay, this is who you hire. This is how you create a business out of this. And this is how you go beyond this to build whatever you want, whether it's a portfolio or be a bank or whatever it is. Super. It's exciting. Uh, yeah. And um, yeah, real estate, I mean, I'm so blessed I'm in it because, you know, it, it can be stressful. So that's the other thing I know I was gonna ask you for some of the viewers. Like, what do you do? Because, like, we're so on all day. Yeah. Like, and that caused some issues with me about four years ago. I got really sick. So oh, well. now yep. I'm back bigger than ever. But, mm -hmm. again, um, you know, I know the gym's a big part. Like, how yeah. do you de-stress, like, when you're just, you just turn it off? Yeah, a lot of it, you know, for me, I really restricted travel. COVID really opened up my eyes and I really restricted travel because that was throwing everything off. It's great for content and it's great being on stage and, and doing those things and seeing everybody around the country, but it really throws off everything. It throws off your diet, throws right. off your sleep, throws off your, um, uh, your, your routines throughout the day. Um, so I think just getting into 
um, at some point when you're able to getting into kind of like the perfect designing the perfect day and the perfect week and just understanding yourself and, and what that looks like. And so um, a lot of exercise, a lot of time with the family, uh, don't work on the weekends. You know what I mean? I'm home by five o'clock every night, maybe six, maybe seven on Mondays because of wholesale hotline. Um, and just being in control yeah. and really protecting my energy. Yeah. Where is my energy going to go? Is it going to go here or is it going to go there? And if it's going there, does that serve me or no? Is it dry? Is it, is this, is this energizing me or is it like sucking the energy out of me? Right. Right. So it's easy to be very on all the time if you love the stuff that you're doing. It is. But again, I believe we need to take our energy back because being around people all day. So again, what I was going to say, it's more of a uh, marathon than a sprint sure. because you could sprint to that finish line, yeah. get your bag and then you don't, you, you got all kind of stressors and yeah. you're not taking care of yourself. Oh, so, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. it's, well, a, and it's constant self, you know, investment, invest in yourself and, and invest in learning more and reading more and exercising and, and just, you know, whatever, aging gracefully. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. So. Awesome. Awesome. So um, in wrapping up the podcast, um, two of the things I heard Brent say were the power of focus mm -hmm. and then also sustainability. Yeah. So I'm a firm believer in both of those. And yeah. that's why I'm launching in, in the Airbnb because I saw that sustainability and I loved it. So we'll, we're right now in Arizona, but eventually, again, like you said, first two, three years, just build a foundation. I'm just in Arizona. I'm doing Arizona over and over till I can master what I know yep. in the Airbnb yep. marketplace. So sure. um, loved having you here. Um, hope the viewers got some good tips, tricks from Brent. He's He kills it out there. Follow him on TTP. Uh, he's got his wholesale hotline. You do a lot of stuff with other guys in yeah. the Phoenix yeah. area so too, we've right? Got, we've got wholesale hotline that is live on the Brent Daniels YouTube channel every Monday with Pace Morby and Jamil Damji. Phenomenal, phenomenal, incredible entrepreneurs and, Love uh, those and guys. friends. Yeah. yeah. And um, I go live for uh, on Wednesdays and Thursdays. I do an incredible show with Ryan Zolan called Millionaire Before 30 every Thursday. At, Shout out to Ryan. Yeah. I didn't know he was doing that with you. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. He's doing phenomenal. So, um, and then, um, yeah, we have a ton of resources if people want them and learn more about wholesaling at TTP, TTP, insider.com. Love the TTP. So quick story. When my kids were little, I read a Charles Gibbons book about wealth management. He talked about taking total responsibility. So now oh. my kids are grown, like 16 and 18. I tell them uh, TTR. They know exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. That's like, it. You, you, yeah. So it's the same vibe with yeah. TTP. Just get out there. Um, talk to people. It's, it's funny you mentioned uh, Pace and Jamil because I met Pace a few years back prior to COVID, he's like, Flip, you know everyone in Arizona, but you don't know anyone because I wasn't on social media. Right. So he's one of the reasons I got onto Smart. social media yeah. because again, real estate's always changing, guys. So what we know today is not gonna be, be successful tomorrow. So you always have to adapt and, and, and move. And 
you know, with social media, we could touch a lot of people all over the country. Yeah. And it, it makes it a lot easier to adapt and move when you have great connections. For sure. For mm -hmm. sure. So networking, that network, 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 talk to people. That's it. And don't be afraid. Everyone feels the same way as you guys when you're first starting. I know I was scared <laughs> doing my first flip. I, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, sure. but I'm, I'm just going to try it. Yeah. And so hope you guys like the inaugural show of uh, Cut the Curve and... I loved having you, Brent. Thank Appreciate you. you, brother. That was awesome. All right. Thank you. So I hope you guys enjoyed the very first episode of Cut the Curve with my man, Brent Daniels. Uh, I was honored to have him today, and we'll be having a, another great guest on the next show.